everyone. Welcome back to The Coop with Meyer Hatchery, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of inspiring crazy chicken keepers and educating future flock owners. I'm Kendra. And I'm Jeff. And today we're taking a look at brooding chicks as part of our A Year with Chickens series. We dedicate one episode per month to this series, covering what to expect when raising a chicken in that particular month. For the month of April, we're going to cover how to raise chicks from arrival to fully feathered, including brooder setup, troubleshooting, and a few identification basics. Whether you're incubating at home or have an order from Meyer Hatchery soon to arrive, you need to have your brooder prepared. The reason? Chicks cannot regulate their own body temperature until they are fully feathered. There are a lot of variables that go into making your brooder experience successful. Lucky for you, we're here to give you all the secrets. Now, being in Michigan, we typically order our chicks to arrive in April. That's usually when our weather begins to break and we have the best success. I actually have an order in for April 6th, so if you factor most breeds begin laying in 16 to 20 weeks, our new chicks should begin laying late July to mid-August. It's great timing to get them into our routine before the seasons turn cold again. Jeff, when do you typically like to brood in Ohio? Yeah, for us, we... Didn't really have one particular time because we had a cabin and incubator. We did it a lot of times year-round. And now it's time for your poultry pick of the week. Jeff, what did you pick this week? The Frost White Leg Bar is our poultry pick of the week. As a highly desired rare breed, this all-white chicken lays beautiful sky-blue eggs. Leg bars are known to be talkative, inquisitive, and are excellent at foraging. They make great pets with their lovable, fun personalities and have a good lay rate of three to four medium eggs per week. If you're looking for a new flock addition, your neighbors are unlikely to have, consider adding a rare Frost White Leg Bar to your flock today. Before we begin, I know there are some of you listening who are thinking right now, well, I have a broody hen, so I don't need a brooder because I'm just going to stick my chicks under her. Yes, people do have success with this method, but I've heard one too many times that by the time your order of chicks arrives, they've either stopped being broody Or even worse, the hen does not accept the chicks. So even if you do plan on using this method, having a dedicated brooder space is always a good fallback. By basic definition, a brooder is a warm, clean, and dry space that keeps your chicks protected from predators and supplies them with fresh food and water. Simple, right? At least 24 hours before your chicks arrive or you plan to transfer them from your incubator, you should have your brooder set up and up to temperature. Let's start with the brooder location. The most common areas I hear our customers brood their chicks in include spare rooms in their house, basement, garage, greenhouse, coop, or barn. It really just depends on your personal preference. When I first started, we brooded in our garage And when we expanded our coop, we built a dedicated brooder. For me, where we mainly brooded our chicks, my wife homeschooled. And we had a big dining room, and that's where the computers were. So the chicks ended up underneath the kitchen table. That way, my wife could watch them during the day. If they flipped over or they made a mess, she was right there and she was watching them. Once you decide on a location, choose how you would like to keep your chicks contained. A lot of customers use plastic totes, stock tanks, wooden boxes, cardboard boxes, or swimming pools. 
You want to make sure it has solid sides to prevent drafts. Our brooder is a custom-built frame with chicken wire on top. Since our brooder is located within our coop, it's relatively draft-free. We do sometimes add temporary sides depending on weather conditions. Currently in my office, I have a plain old tote with chicken wire over top to keep the cat at bay. Our brooders, I basically took Rubbermaid tubs and had chicken wire on the top to hold the heat lamp and to keep out kids, but Rubbermaid tubs work great. Now for bedding, we recommend large flake pine shavings. This is important because sometimes they can eat the small shavings and you do not want cedar shavings due to the scent that they can cause respiratory issues. You also need a heat source to keep your brooder at proper temperature. This is often in the form of a 125 to 250 watt heat bulb. Most heat lamps now have a clamp you can clip on the side of your brooder, or you can use a heat lamp stand. Raising or lowering the heat lamp will help you adjust the temperature. For my brooder outside, we actually use two heat lamps. I check the temperature at noon, usually only keeping one light on during the day, then I check the temperature again before I go to bed and typically have to turn on a second heat lamp to keep temperature. A lot of people don't take into account the fluctuating overnight temperature, especially if you're brooding in an unheated or uninsulated area like your garage, coop, or barn. Which leads me to my next must-have, a thermometer. You can find thermometers pretty cheap at your local hardware store or farm supply store. I know some people don't feel it's necessary. I won't lie. I was one of those people in the beginning, but a thermometer really just takes the guesswork out of it, especially if you need to troubleshoot losses, which we'll cover a little later. For me personally, what we did is we did not use a thermometer. And mainly that's because in my situation, we were around those chicks all the time. They were not out in a garage. They were not out in the barn. They were in our dining room. And so from early in the morning when the kids got on the computers to late at night when I got home from work, somebody was there watching them, looking at them, and we saw whether they were in a ball underneath the light, which meant they were cold, or if they were in a ring around the light, which meant they were hot. And so we would know how to take care of them then. Now, if you're brooding indoors or in a heated garage, you can use a heat plate like the Brinsey EcoGlow. This style of heater really does reduce the risk associated with heat lamps and also are much more energy efficient. However, I can't stress enough that they really are for indoor brooding only. They need an ambient temperature of at least 60 degrees and no drafts. They use radiant heat, which can only warm solid objects, not the air. Therefore, a thermometer cannot be used to gauge the temperature in this instance. And in my interview with Brindsey on episode 4, Pascal made a great point that this also simulates chicks tucked under a hen, as well as helping them get into a day-night routine since there's not a constant light source. Which are a couple points I would have never considered. If I had a brooder plate, I certainly would be using it in my office right now. Lastly, some people also like to use a brooder guard, which we do offer online and in-store. It's mainly used to keep your brooder round so chicks don't pile up in the corners. However, I've also used it to section off areas of my brooder if I need a smaller space to start, then as they age, essentially they grow into your full brooder space. Brooder guards can also help reduce drafts. 
Lastly, they need clean food and water in containers that can be reached, but that they cannot crawl into or spill, especially with water. If your chicks get wet or chilled, it could lead to losses. For feed, you do want Chick Starter, which has a 18 to 20% protein level. Now, this exact same setup can be used for any poultry brooding, but the feed may differ. We'll include a link to our poultry feed guidelines below to help you identify what feed is best for you. I think it's also good to note that it's important to disinfect your brooder before placing your chicks. You can use a 10% bleach solution to wash your brooder container, feeder, and waterer. Just be sure to allow it to dry completely before introducing your chicks. While that covers all of the supplies you'll need for brooding, you can see that it really starts with your location. Brooding in a garage, you may need a brooder guard and an additional heat lamp. Brooding in your spare room, you can easily use a brooder plate and skip the thermometer. So please take into consideration where you plan to brood before purchasing your supplies. We've also linked our brooding checklist in the show notes below that you can print to ensure you have all the supplies before your chicks arrive. Now, on to the fun part, chick arrival day. You'll want to make sure your brooder is completely set up with heat lamps on for at least 24 hours prior to arrival. This helps, one, to make sure you haven't forgotten anything, and two, that your brooder is up to temp. I can't tell you how many times I went to turn on my heat lamp to find a burnout bulb or that I was out of pine shavings. And once, I even found my chick feeder in the middle of the yard, found and viciously played with by one of our dogs who Houdini'd it out of the coop. When you order your chicks through Meyer Hatchery, they'll typically arrive to your local post office where they'll give you a call for pickup. If you're unsure of the procedure at your post office, be sure to give them a call and let them know you're expecting a box of chicks. Now, before you go unboxing them, be sure to snap a photo and share it with us using the hashtag MHUnboxing. We love to see that our fuzzy friends arrived safely. You'll also want to inspect your box before removing your chicks. Be sure to look for any stickers, marks, or special instructions on the outside of the box or on the underside of the lid. The lid will list all of your breeds, quantities, as well as leg band information for hard-to-identify breeds. If you requested our gender identification services, your chicks may have a leg band or the corner of the box could be marked. Now, like Jeff mentioned, we do leg band some of our hard-to-ID breeds and often use leg bands for our gender identification services. I've linked our help desk articles below in the show notes if you would like more information. For any chick with a leg band, it's important to remove the leg band within seven days after hatch. The small elastic bands can be stretched and pulled over the foot. Personally, I like to clip them with nail clippers. Next, check your box for grow gel. Grow Gel provides just what chicks need in their first few days after arrival, providing them with immediate nutrition and hydration. That's why, new for 2020, we're including a free 25-dose Grow Gel packet in your order. Follow the packet instruction, mixing water and the Grow Gel until it turns into a gel consistency. Let it rest for one to two minutes to ensure the water is fully absorbed. Provide grow gel in a separate dish or top their food to encourage eating. Grow gel lasts for about six hours after mixing. Therefore, any remaining grow gel should be discarded. 
If you opted for a Vital Pack or Vital Pack Plus for your meat birds at checkout, you'll typically find this within the pocket of your box or under the bedding. A Vital Pack is full of vitamins and electrolytes. Vital Packs help hydrate your chicks as they transition into their new environment, while the Vital Pack Plus is designed to help support the rapid growth and development of broilers and broad-breasted turkeys. Personally, I love the Vital Pack. The pack mixes over 100 gallons, so it's great to provide as chicks, but I also keep it on hand and provide to my grown flock anytime they are stressed or need a little pick-me-up. That could include predator issues, molting, coop transitions, and drastic weather changes. Again, this is an optional supplement you can add to your order at checkout. Now that we've covered the contents of your box, it's time to transfer your chicks to their awaiting brooder. Carefully pick up each chick and dip their beak into the drinking water to help them learn where their water source is located. When I dip each chick, I also check for pasty butt. Let them roam and explore their new home. They should begin to eat and drink on their own and settle for a rest. And seriously, if you've never brooded before, sleeping chicks look dead. It will send you into a mini panic attack the first time you witness such a sight. Be assured, they are just napping. A sudden movement and they're back to chirping around. We want to give back to you so that you can give back to your community. It's our Give Back to Give Back program. Jeff, that's what we do, but that's certainly not the name. Okay, fine. It's really called our Meyer Meal Maker Program. Opt to participate when you place your order and we'll provide you one free check with your qualifying check order. Our Meal Maker Breed is randomly selected each week and added to your order. All we ask is that you donate to your local food bank, a neighbor in need, or a charity of your choice. So what are you waiting for? Contact Meyer Hatchery today to add a Meyer Meal Maker to your next order. It's time to get into the nitty gritty. We do our absolute best to ensure your chick's safety during transit, but there are many factors out of our control once they leave the hatchery. If your chicks arrive weak, chilled, or lethargic, they will often recover with the right care. You may also experience a weak chick if they get chilled in your brooder due to drafts or fluctuating temperatures. Here are a few tips to help. First is warmth. Your brooder temperature should be 95 degrees for the chick's first week. But if your chicks are struggling, don't be afraid to boost that temperature by a few degrees. Chicks need to get their body temperature regulated so that their internal organs are working properly. Once stable, they begin to eat and drink on their own. Increase the brooder temperature up to 105 degrees for the first few hours. If your chicks begin to spread out in the brooder, Moving away from the heat source, you'll know it's time to reduce that temperature back to 95. Chicks need to get their body temperature regulated so that their internal organs are working properly. Once stable, they'll begin to eat and drink on their own. Watching your chick's behavior is a great way in general to monitor your temperature. If your chicks stay clustered together under the heat lamp, they're too cold and your heat source needs to be lowered or a higher watt bulb may need to be used. If your chicks are spread out as far as they can get from the heat source and are piling up in outer corners, your heat source is too warm and needs to be raised or the bulb watt lowered. You want your chicks to be evenly spaced throughout the brooder. Second is hydration. 
Provide lukewarm water to the chicks upon arrival. When your chicks arrive, they are often more thirsty than hungry. As they begin to rehydrate, providing lukewarm water instead of cold water will help reduce any further shock to their system. Once hydrated, add the vital pack to their water for an added boost of electrolytes. Next, energy. If you purchased grow gel, now is the time to use it. Grow gel helps provide immediate nutrition and increased hydration levels, resulting in generally healthier chicks. Forgot to add the vital pack or grow gel to your poultry order? Try adding one teaspoon sugar, molasses, or honey to one quart of water. This sweet energy boost is great for the first few hours, then you'll want to switch back to plain water. Now food for lethargic chicks, try feeding them raw egg yolk. This will provide the nutrients they need to begin eating on their own. If you feel your entire new flock could benefit from a boost, provide warm scrambled eggs or yogurt. Lastly, pasty butt, which is the buildup of feces on the vent. When dipping their beaks in water, also be sure to check for pasty butt. Pasty butt is common in new chicks and can be caused by stress, fluctuating brooder temperature, and low quality feed. We highly recommend checking for pasty butt routinely their first few weeks as they adjust to their new environment. I'll post a link in the show notes below on how to treat pasty butt in newly hatched chicks. If pasty butt continues after their first week, check to make sure you're using quality feed with 18 to 20% protein. You'll also want to double check your temperature to make sure it's not fluctuating overnight. And be sure to check for drafts from previously unnoticed cracks in your barn or from doors that may have accidentally been left open. Want to have your brooding questions answered by us, the host of The Coop? Join our exclusive Facebook group, Inside the Coop. This group is specifically for our podcast listeners, so we can keep the conversation going off air. Connect with your community and let's meet Inside the Coop today. Find the link below in our show notes. Congratulations, your chicks are in their new home and doing well. Now what? Chicks will need to stay in their brooder until they are either six weeks of age or fully feathered. Each week, you'll want to reduce your brooder temperature by 5 degrees. The first week of brooding should be 95 degrees, the second week 90, the third week 85, and so forth. As chicks age, they'll also begin to gain curiosity and may try to escape their brooder confines. If this is the case, you'll want to add poultry netting or chicken wire to the top of open brooders to keep them safe. Being left outside of their heat lamp can result in losses. Also be sure your brooder space is large enough to keep your chicks for the full six to eight week period. In general, you'll want six square inches to one square foot per bird for the first two to three weeks. From there, you can usually stick to two square feet per bird until you move them to the coop where you'll want two to three square feet per bird. As always, once in the coop, the more room, the better. A common question we receive from customers is how to identify their chicks once received. Some of you spend a lot of time choosing your new additions and want to know who's who when they arrive. Others like to choose assortments and spend some time with your families identifying the breeds. Regardless of your reasoning, we've put together a few tips for you. First off, identifying chicks can be hard. 
Don't feel overwhelmed if you can't ID your breeds. Enjoy them while they're young. You'll certainly be able to identify them as they feather out. Also, to assist in this process, we've put together some great guides on our help desk and have linked them below in the show notes. One of the main and most obvious characteristics is color of the chick. Also take note of any patterns you may see, like yellow spot on top of the head or unique patterns around the eyes. While looking at the color, also take note of any specific characteristics, like being crested. Next, look at their legs. Look at things like, are they feathered? What color are their legs? How many toes do they have? Some breeds can be a little hard to identify as they are hybrids, which means chicks of that particular breed can have a very wide range of characteristics. For those breeds, we do include a few different photos to illustrate that variety in our chick ID guide. Another thing to consider is the blue gene, which can result in blue, black, or splash coloring. On Blue Breeds, we did recently update our titles to help customers better understand the results. When it comes to your chicks, it can result in them appearing light gray, black, or yellow. When referencing our chick ID guides, you can compare your chick's characteristics to our list of breeds to help narrow down your options and hopefully identify your breeds. It's that time of the show. Time to share some poultry pride. Originally, I was going to share a brooding story, but this story came in and is such a feel-good story that I thought it would be well-received considering our current times. This story was submitted by Ariel. My husband and I bought an old cattle farm from an elderly couple who had sold off all the cattle but had one chicken left a red sex link who was living in a milk crate with hay. My husband converted an open-air shed into the Ritz-Cluckerton Coop, all for one little lady. I work for the city but live in the country and told Animal Control I will gladly take any chickens they receive from residents who can't have chickens due to city ordinances. About a month later, they call me with an Easter Egger and Buff Orpington we call the twins because they came together and are always within feet of each other. A few months later, I get another call and they have a gorgeous Old English game bantam hen. Now we have an adorable little free-range flock that makes me smile every day. Ariel, I love it. Saving sweet chickens whose fate could have been unknown and providing them a safe environment to roam. And while she may not have brooded them herself, for those of you currently or about to be in the trenches, this story just goes to show all that pasty butt is worth it. It is nice to see how many chicken keepers find comfort in their flock. Do you have a story to share? Submit your poultry-related story online for a chance to have yours read on The Coop. We'll be sure to post a link in the show notes for you. Thanks for listening to The Coop. Be sure to subscribe, and if you'd be so kind, drop us a review. See you all next week.